right, well, uh, hello and welcome to the Mobility Podcast. I'm here for a very special edition. This is Greg Rogers uh, with King America's Future Energy. Uh, my co-hosts are back in uh, D.C. this week, but I have the pleasure of being down in Miami to uh, join Ford and Argo for a uh, fascinating discussion and exploration today of the autonomous vehicle uh, pilot program they have in uh, here in Miami, uh, looking at how to transport both uh, people and goods. Um, and I'm joined by uh, Sharif Marakbi. Uh, he's the president and CEO of Ford Autonomous Vehicles, LLC. Uh, Sharif, thanks for uh, joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, um, let's go ahead and get right into it. We had a fantastic day of seeing what the AVs that uh, Ford, is, Ford and Argo have been working on, how they're going around Miami and got some real um, incredible public experience on public roads, seeing some of the, just the chaos that unfolds from day to day in Miami. Um, and Ford kicked off the day by talking about Miami as being this... Uh, double black diamond, right, um, <laughs> yeah. sort of city to test in. So, Sharif, um, let's start off by um, talking about, could you tell me about your background and sort of how you ended up at Ford? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, thanks for inviting me. Um, and I'm actually very excited about having you and others in the vehicle experiencing what we've been doing now for the last year. It's, it's incredible. I have a long history in automotive, uh, mainly in technology and commercializing technology, whether it's electric vehicles or uh, autonomous, you know, the, the ADAS features, driver assist features, or uh, infotainment. And uh, recently, I've also had a chance to work in, a little bit in the Silicon Valley, and I'm, I'm now uh, back at Ford mm -hmm. working on uh, autonomous vehicles. It is my passion. It's what I believe is going to happen uh, in the world of transportation. And it is the biggest disruption or opportunity, how you look right. at it, uh, in transportation in the uh, coming years. So that makes me happy getting up every morning and making this work. <laughs> love it. Um, that's one thing that I love is seeing sort of the passion in folks who have been in the automotive industry. And it seems that even after maybe leaving for a little bit, everyone seems to always come back. <laughs> it's an incredible field. I mean, people people have a lot of passion around uh, cars, around mm -hmm. transportation, and uh, being part of uh, a transformation like this is, mm -hmm. is the most exciting thing in someone's career. Absolutely. And so um, getting into the pilots you guys, that you guys currently have active, um, I guess just starting at a 30,000 feet level, what does it take to launch a pilot of an AV in a city? It's a really good question. It, it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. is, the, is the easy answer. We've been working in Miami for about a year now. Mm -hmm. And we have worked with partners that we've even uh, been working with before Miami. And a lot of people talk about autonomous cars as if they're here today and they're just going to be you know, rolled out and no problem. This is a service. And a service means we want to have self-driving cars contribute to society, contribute to the city, and have the customer being passionate around having that and, and having that deployed and actually using that service. So working with a city like Miami, and we chose Miami, and then we chose Washington, D.C., because we believe that there's a benefit, win-win here, for the city, for what the city is looking for to address their challenges, and also for us to create a profitable business. Mm -hmm. So Miami is one of the areas that, uh, one is because of those obvious you know, weather advantages, but there's also a very tough environment to work in downtown Miami. Mm -hmm. And the driving habits could be more aggressive than, than some other locations. We actually like that. We like to be testing and doing the work in some of the tougher places 
because we believe that that translates better into the next city. We think a lot of work we've done in Miami, for example, is, is going to apply to Washington, D.C. Um, and now we're working with the city, and we realize in Washington, D.C., for example, that there are maybe different priorities that we need to think about, and that's okay. Right. But knowing that up front, we're a good partner, we work with the city, we work with the community, and we can deploy self-driving service. Okay, so, you, so you, let's say you decide to go into a city, what's the first step? Uh, do you go and talk to the city leaders? Do you start mapping? How does that sort of start? Way before we uh, came and decided to run the service in Miami, we have been talking to the city, mm -hmm. and the same thing with Washington, D.C. Working with the city and understanding the city priorities, assessing how the city management and the uh, mayor's office, how progressive are they? We know that uh, buying into self-driving technology mm -hmm. as part of a service requires a different mindset uh, on infrastructure, on how where the city is going. And the more open the city is to experiment and to deploy this in a safe way mm -hmm. in the future, the more we, we uh, identify that that's a good city to work in, in addition to a lot of the technology, the business, the, you know, the urban area, and, and things like that. But working with the city is super important. Mm -hmm. That seems to be one of the things that Ford has really uh, embraced and sort of all of these operations seem to sort of revolve around building that trust, going in and communicating with people, which uh, seemed to be the inspiration behind the voluntary safety self-assessment that you guys submitted to uh, USDOT slash NHTSA um, earlier this year, explaining your technology. Um, the, even on the front, I believe it said uh, a matter of trust, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what does it take to build that trust for AVs? Um, but beyond talking to public officials, how do you get people in the public, you know, Joe Schmo? Um, to agree that, yeah, they want AVs uh, to be in their city. Well, if you look at today's um, surveys, if you just ask people, uh, are they willing to be in an autonomous vehicle or a self-driving car? Are they willing uh, to see self-driving cars on their streets? There, there's a good portion of the population that would say, no, I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. So building trust, and I, I maybe use the different word, earning trust as well. It, it, trust is earned. We feel we have a good starting point by having our, our brand and our 100 years of history of building safe vehicles that people trust is a good start, but it's not enough. What we have to do is when we think about self-driving service, there are so many aspects of that service that are new to automotive or to anything, to any industry, to build trust. A few examples, if you're riding in a vehicle, uh, understanding what the vehicle is seeing and being comfortable that it's seeing what you're seeing mm -hmm. actually earns trust. Right. Getting into an autonomous vehicle without a driver, uh, the doors open. Uh, what happens? How, how safe and secure do you feel getting into that vehicle in the area that in, in, the, in this neighborhood mm -hmm. is also earning trust? Um, if you're a pedestrian or a cyclist, what the vehicle is indicating it's going to do uh, builds trust. Mm -hmm. Humans are very complicated. If you look at a driver and just simple things like eye contact, you can actually tell what the vehicle is going to do just having some eye contact right. with the driver where there is no driver. Mm -hmm. So we are thinking through every element of the service, including the vehicle. And mm -hmm. I, I say that in a funny way as an auto company, <laughs> including the vehicle, because it's really service first, mm -hmm. uh, and including the vehicle, 
it all earns trust. And even though we come from a very good point, we believe we have to do work to earn that trust and we'll continue to do that. And that's why we focused in our self-assessment that one of the key focus areas for us in self-driving technology and business is to earn trust. Mm -hmm. And that's great to see. So at what point uh, in, in terms of as this trust is built and as you're going through more pilots, at what point are you going to take it from being a pilot phase, which is test drivers, into actually having passengers in the vehicle? So our goal, everything we're doing is towards mass production, meaning scaled service mm -hmm. of autonomous vehicles and self-driving vehicles in 2021. So that's you know two to three years from now. Now, along the way, um, we've seen today how you'll have a safety driver and, a, and also another engineer to make sure everything is okay in a real environment like downtown Miami, mm -hmm. we're clearly gonna work towards the 2021 plan to not have a driver. Right. And along the way, we're going to have, in the next two years, so 2019, 2020 is kind of our time frame okay. to be able to have uh, passengers in vehicles and be able to actually provide that service. It's really important. It's a lot more complicated than just having people in vehicle. Where are the vehicles going to ride? What service are they going to provide? Uh, how safe is providing, you know, is, is all the work that we're doing, the engineering, the integration, the, the reliability. Um, Self-driving cars have redundant systems, meaning if something goes wrong, uh, there's another steering system. If something goes wrong, there's another braking system. The vehicle will react to things if things go wrong. It's very important that uh, the grade of technology in the vehicle is even beyond today's automotive grade because we think about the airline industry or other industries. Those are, those, those are our benchmarks. Yeah. We actually think about that and see that as when we develop our functional safety and what we're doing in the vehicle, we think about airlines. Mm -hmm. We think about the future and beyond even what we do today in cars. Right, and so you're, but so one of the things that came up um, during a Q&A earlier today was that, you know, Waymo's launching its commercial service this year, um, and then GM is launching a commercial service allegedly in 2019, and I think the question was, are you concerned about this difference in timelines? I mean, is, is that some, are timelines something we should be concerned about at all, or is it something that keeps you up at night? I'm going to give you a couple of perspectives just to share how we're thinking about this. Mm -hmm. One is when we talk about launching, it's a relative term. What we talk about launching in 2021 is a full-up commercial service of self-driving cars with people and goods that is at scale as we compare it to what we've done for over 100 years. We're talking being able to get to tens of thousands of vehicles in multiple cities, in multiple serv uh, services, flawlessly in a safe way. If we're talking about getting 100 cars on the road in a, in a controlled environment, we could do that now. Mm -hmm. That is not the goal. So when we feel good about where we are, um, are we paranoid? Are we thinking about we need to uh, accelerate? Every day, yeah. every day, that's, that's right. what we do every day. <laughs> But are we confident that building that business in parallel will get us to profitability, to scale, to safety in a way that is profitable? We are very confident that that's what we're going to do. Yeah, and um, I, I will say that's quite, quite honestly, I, I felt like at first Ford was just throwing a lot of uh, things at the wall. 
um, seeing all these partnerships and announcements, but it is interesting to see because the entire premise is you want to figure out what the business is. You want to look at what the business looks like before you actually get there um, and not be the dog that caught the mailman and have AVs and not be able to put out a lot of vehicles and not have those relationships. Um, and this seemed to include working with local businesses um, here in Miami, right? The, the, part, the part about what we're doing now is we're, we're real-time deciding which businesses we want to be in mm-hmm. based on these, on these uh, collaborations and, honestly, which business we don't want to be in. And working with some of the national companies that have scale like Postmates and Walmart is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic partners. But we also think that working with the local businesses is a great win-win opportunity. One, it gives a local business the opportunity to actually have deliveries. Some of these businesses right. don't even have deliveries today. And at the same at, at an affordable price with, with self-driving cars. But at the same time, it gives us an opportunity to actually utilize our and run our autonomous car mm-hmm. around the clock. Right. Because when you look at some of these businesses, whether you're delivering groceries or ride hailing, or they are concentrated at certain times of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to have the assets sit there right. the rest of the day, do nothing. We want revenue generating miles. We want utilization. We, similar to the airline industry, we want to make sure that we provide the service to the communities, to the, to the businesses. At the same time, we actually want to create a profitable business throughout the day. And that's fundamental to doing that work. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, too. Um, I, I know that we're running out of time here, but one thing that I really, really loved um, was talking to one of the um, local business owners, I believe uh, he ran a uh, dry cleaning store, and he was talking about how if he wanted to be able to deliver to more customers, um, or it must have been the florist, they wanted to deliver to more more customers, they have to get an, a new vehicle um, in order to move things back and forth, um, would have to get a new driver, would have to have more people out, and they were not, not using the full 100% of the time, and so it would be a wasted investment. Instead, we're looking at kind of pooling that's where investment and serving uh, those companies a lot more. And that's what we call uh, utilization or pooling. That's exactly right. It, it really, I mean, the local businesses love it because mm-hmm. they can actually, they can't afford, like you said, they can't afford to have an expensive car and hire a driver and just have it sit there. Mm-hmm. We can actually provide that service at a low cost as part of a bigger transportation. Right. And, and so why did you choose uh, to launch in D.C.? And were there any lessons that you learned from Miami that you can immediately bring into D.C.? That's a really good question. Um, the answer is yes and yes. So, so <laughs> on, on D.C., we, we had a set of criteria that include uh, the business, includes the, uh, the city, how progressive the city is and how they're thinking mm-hmm. about transportation. And in D.C., it also was intriguing that one of the key priorities uh, for the city is to work in or start the work in all eight wards. Mm -hmm. And uh, we placed our our terminal uh, and we're starting to run, you know, some of the the mapping and technology and we'll be getting into the business Mm -hmm. in a similar way uh, with different priorities uh, than Miami. But there's a ton of learnings that we had in Miami that we're going to apply to D.C., the one thing that, and I showed this earlier today, was in Miami, the map that we started with is completely different than right. the map that we have today, meaning right. what areas of service we're going we're gonna to work in. The good news is it expanded. It, it got better and bigger. We feel that the same thing is going to happen in Washington, D.C. We also learned the, the market size uh, for self-driving cars based on 
the topology based on the high-rise buildings, based on the basic neighborhoods. We learned a lot about that in Miami that we will apply to Washington, D.C. as mm -hmm. a starting point. But there are differences as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that progression from, you know, weather-wise, it's going to be a, a bit different. Uh, you know, the, the uh, high-rise buildings at downtown, uh, they are, we have here in Miami the beach area, and then we mm -hmm. have the suburbs. In Washington, D.C., you have the downtown area, you have the eight wards, and you have also the, the suburbs on, on both sides, mm -hmm. and including in the city. So we are applying the market sizing, we're applying the consumer acceptance, we're applying uh, the self-driving technology itself, and we're going to be modifying it for mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. Gotcha. So you sort of have this baseline to go off mm -hmm. of now. And it seems like that's going to help you as you're scaling and moving to new cities, um, sort of building this foundational knowledge. Um, so I guess I could ask you questions for hours. So if a city wants to work with Ford, um, what should they do um, in order to reach out with you guys and start to prepare for ABs? Well, first of all, um, we have people on the ground in most of the major metropolitan areas. Uh, the group we have, we're the only OEM that have a city solutions team mm -hmm. that specifically work with the city. Uh, I would tell the city, you know, call me, call anybody that, uh, you know, from Ford that's participating in this and uh, we'd, we'd be glad to hook you up with the right team from City Solutions. They have been amazing at working with the city and talking the language mm -hmm. uh, to figure out, is there a win-win here for us? Wonderful. Well, Chief, thank, thank, thank you for joining me today. Um, it was a pleasure to chat with you. Um, for all of our listeners, you can, um, as always, find all of our episodes at www.mobilitypodcast.com. Uh, follow me at avgregar, and follow Mobility Podcast at Mobility Podcast. Thank you all. Thank you for having me.